Okay, so tonight uh, we're going to be looking at the discipline. Um, if you guys remember, uh, last month we've also, so this whole year has been devoted to what? Um, since last December until uh, now, which is the fourth month, we've been looking at a topic of parenting, right? Okay, we just uh, by way of capping our first part, we began with the priority of what? Desiring our kids' salvation, okay? Because we want them to go to where? Heaven, right? Then the week, uh, the month after that, we looked at uh, the danger of not disciplining. You remember, we looked at the story in the Old Testament of that? And then afterward, we're, we start going over, wait, what does discipline look like, okay? So I sent out the outlines, okay? I sent out the outlines. Uh, last month, we looked at three points. Uh, last month, we looked at the three V's of discipline, okay? So this month, we're going to, so today, um, the last month, this month, and next month, and I hope no more after that, uh, unless we need to, because uh, I'm. Uh, it's really the mechanics, like the uh, the the mechanics, the bolts and nuts of how to actually go about disciplining your kids. Okay. So last month we made sure we talked about we need to be clear of rules, right? Because you don't want to disband kids when you don't you yourself don't make the rules clear, because that would not be what fair. You'd be exasperating them. Okay. Uh, so you want to be spanking for when they're not. The rules are clear and they're still across that, okay? Unless it's, of course, child safety issue. Secondly is be self-controlled. When you do discipline, you need to be what? Self-controlled. You're not like going berserk, right? You're not going ramble style on your kids, okay? And the third part is uh, encourage to make it in a private place. There's multiple reasons for that. If you guys kind of remember, sometimes what? You discipline is also for the kids. If they know it's discipline, it's not adding unnecessary shame. But remember what's another reason why I mentioned about the importance of in private place? What happens if you discipline in front of like siblings. your in-laws or siblings? Sometimes they'll be, oh, henkeliano, right? And then they interfere and then it undermines your very own what? Discipline, that kind of thing, okay? So today we're going to look at three more points of how to discipline your child, okay? Uh, this is building upon last month. And again, I, like I said, this is the nuts and bolts of regards to how to discipline your kid, okay? So we're going to look at three S today, okay? Next month, we'll look at hopefully the remaining S, which is like four or something like that. So what's point number one? If you guys looking at the outline, is what? First, seek confession, okay? When you discipline your child, you need to seek Confession, that you want them to confess what they've done wrong, okay? Uh, spanking should not be that you're getting upset and therefore you're spanking them only, okay? You should uh, guide it. It's the time of period instruction. You seek their confession. Secondly, what's the second S? Spank appropriate area. Spank appropriate area, okay? And thirdly is what? Seek brokenness, okay? I hope you realize when I say brokenness is not physical, obviously, right? The second point is you want to spank appropriate area because you don't want to physically break them, okay? So this is about talking about brokenness over sin, over wrongdoing, okay? So in light of this, let's go to the first point. And then seek confession, okay? I'm going to now read from a pastor. He's also a pretty good biblical counselor in terms of what he writes. Paul Tutkage says this. The principle here is this. Always be sure your child understands why he or she is being disciplined, okay? So when you spank them, it should not be that out of nowhere you're spanking them and the kids don't know why. The kids don't know why they're being spanked, okay? Is that the way that God wants us to do things? I think the answer is no, okay? Um, there's many reasons for this, okay? There's many reasons for this. Reason number one is you want to teach your kid that concerning sin, concealing sin is not good, okay? Turn with me to Proverbs 20, 
8, verse 13, okay? Uh, Proverbs 28, verse 13. Okay, Proverbs 28, 13. If you guys could turn to Proverbs 28, verse 13. When we get there, could I have a... Uh, uh, Abigail, would you be able to read Proverbs 28, verse 13? How appropriate to have little kids read this. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so even when you're disciplined, the way I would do this is, uh, remember the first three steps? Let's just say, what if my daughters do something wrong? Yes. I would want to make sure that I told the rules very clearly. Let's just say they uh, got in a little, I don't know, uh, argument or something like that. Or, or maybe, let's just say, they did something wrong. I want to make sure that the first thing I would say is, that, oh, did you know what you did? You just have broken something that we have said very clearly. The second thing, I'll make sure I'll be under control. We're talking about all the application last month. Then I'll take my child away, usually oh, maybe away from the other siblings that didn't get in trouble. Maybe in another room. And the first thing I want to do is actually try to, my goal is actually seek them to confess what they are done wrong. Okay? Because the reason why, as in life, this is because he who concealed his sin will not prosper. So we're teaching them beyond just this point of their mistake. It's all of life. You don't want to conceal sin. Concealing sin does not what? Bring blessing from God in the long run. And you want to teach that early on. You don't want to go that route, okay? Uh, with that. The word here for transgression uh, means rebellion, okay? So remember, every sin is first and foremost a rebellious act against God. So we, therefore, we want to teach them that even if they sin against their siblings or against the parents, you want to teach this is wrong and also this is why you want to cultivate them. The goal is to get them to confess their sin. Does that make sense? Reason number two, you want to teach your kids that confessing your sin will bring about God's compassion. So the first part is, what, um, to conceal your sin, to cover it, will bring blessing? No. So related to this, a corollary reason number two is this, that when you confess your sin, it actually brings about God's compassion. Let's turn to Proverbs 28, verse 13, um, or second part, right? Uh, I think Abigail already had the second part. Is that it? Um yeah, okay. The last part, the second part is he who confessed and forsakes them will find compassion, right? So you want to teach them to find God's compassion. You want to confess, okay? Uh, still, we won't want to be, uh, be able to forsake our sin if we don't first, what? Uh, confess, okay? So reason number three. You want to teach your uh, kids that confessing sin to God result in being forgiven by God, okay? So you want to teach that. And we can be forgiven by God. And that itself is a blessing, okay? Let's turn to Psalms 32 verse 1. Psalms 32, verse 1. When we turn there, uh, could I have Rebecca be my motivated, happy reader? Psalm 32, verses 1. Let me run and get water real quick while that's first. Okay. Thank you. So in light of that, um, in light of that, uh, Psalm 32. By the way, have you ever been in any big conference or scene where suddenly the pastor needed to use the restroom? <laughs> yes, no. there's been a funny story about that, but it's probably not your time Yeah. <laughs> the only one I ever know is John Piper. In the middle of National like Design God Conference, 
You just said, hold on, and then just went up. But anyway, let's go back on. Psalm 32, verse 1, okay? Uh, we can be forgiven by God, and that itself is a blessing, okay? You see here that um, his transgression is forgiven, right? And then if you look at verse 5, how do we get our sins forgiven? Because that's a blessing. Is Here it says, I acknowledge my sin to you, and my iniquity I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord, and you forgive the guilty the guilt of my sin. So here, notice the statement that confessing to God is important, right? Oh, to receive God's blessing. And this is a repetition. In three statements, it's stated in three different ways, in three lines, that we need to confess to God. So in stating this, this shows the importance of confession, okay? So let's talk about how does this work in regards to kids. Right? Let's just say a kid does something wrong. Before you discipline a child, what I do with our girls is... Before I spank them, I want to make very sure that they know what's wrong. And also, I will say, what did you do wrong? Okay? Uh, so before you discipline a child, you want to ask them if they can tell you why they are being what? Disciplined. Okay? So it shouldn't be we're just mad. So you don't want them to think you're spanking them only because you're mad. Okay? That you're disciplining because that they really have done something wrong. So I usually ask a question. Right? Uh, so to draw this out, you could ask in different ways. Here's like three, four questions, I think, a sample. Right? So, you, I'll say, for instance, like, Rebecca, uh, do you know why I'm disciplining you? Okay? Rebecca feels awkward now. Or second example is, Abigail, what did you do wrong? Okay? She's like, oh, okay. Right? Third one is Hannah. What does God think of what you've done? Right? As an example. Fourth one is Nancy. No, I'm kidding, right? Fourth one is, <laughs> what did you do that deserved discipline? Okay? Fourth one is, what did you do to deserve discipline, okay? Also, seeking confession also helps the child not be exasperated, okay? Because remember that the command is very important. The fathers do not exasperate your child. The quickest way to uh, exasperate that is the child, you don't explain to the child why you're spanking them. Then they think it's nothing more than power play, right? You're bigger than them, that kind of thing. They, you could get away with it. You're just upset, okay? You don't want them to think you're just only upset. Is why you're just, it's because there's something that they've done wrong, okay? So seeking confession... Uh, helps them practically not be, and also sees the reason is because of their sin. So let this be another motivation for you to actually ask your child before you spank them, okay? Uh, if the child thinks the spanking is not justified, I think there's a place for discussion, okay? By the way, I think the reason why I, uh, I think it's important to ask the child is, are we always right as parents? I even know this week, I don't remember what exact thing I thought, uh, I don't remember which one of the child, I thought they were wrong or something, and then I did not know the full context until I ask, right? So sometimes that's also to protect them too. Because when they say, hey, I've done nothing wrong, sometimes you ask for more details, oh, okay, I did not see the whole what? Picture, does that make sense? And, um, and in light of that, also when there is wrong, I think sometimes it's also appropriate, I don't do this all the time, I wish I could say I did, but I, what I think is a good idea is sometimes use the most simplest Bible verse. Does that make sense? You're not giving a theological term paper. The most simplest one verse Bible to show something is wrong, right? Ten Commandments is really helpful with that, that kind of thing, okay? Um, just to show that this is not, they're going against you, but it's also with what? With sin, right? With a sin against God, okay? The use of the law in the Bible shows the child what they've done wrong. It's not just towards you, the parent, but also towards God. So that they would also, you want to train them. By the way, I think uh, discipline is a celebrated discipleship. It is a time to even paint the gospel even more clearly. We'll talk about that next 
minds, okay? So that's why we talk about the kids. So there's times where, before I spank, where one of them feel they still don't do any wrong, you also really want to explain it to them so they understand why they're wrong. So it's not being spanked and they're thinking, oh, you're just being unfair. Does that make sense? Uh, with that, okay? This is why, by the way, self-control is very important. Do you guys remember last month we covered self-control? Is if you don't have self-control, if someone is what? If you, if you don't have self-control, then you feel an argument and then you lose, right? Um, I feel like even as a pastor, um, I, I actually think pastoring helps me as a parent, to be honest with you. Because do I meet with people that sometimes didn't see their sin? Like, it's not like they're always trying to. It's sometimes we have a blind spot, right? Sometimes you mean and say, hey, um, I think this might not be the most wisest thing. Okay? So I think this is where it's, if you have no self-control, you'll always be what? Blowing up. But does that make your case very um, compelling? I don't think so. So in light of this, and there's sometimes I'm wrong, right? Sometimes I, say, I, think, I think you have this issue, but then when they share, there's other bigger thing. So that's not the main issue. You need to minister and encourage them in something else, okay? Um, so do, do that, okay? So that's the first S. So what's the first S? You should seek the child's what? Confession. And what, the answer I like to hear or pursue is something they say that they've done something wrong. Like they're, they're truthful of what they have done. And secondly, that they see that this is wrong against you, the parent, or and also God. Does that make sense? Uh, I like to make the goal of God too. Because it's not just, I don't want to raise my kids thinking I'm just the lawgiver. The ultimate lawgiver is who? Is God. And it's also to train them to encounter the gospel. Okay, does that make sense? Which is going to be covered next um, next month, uh, the next session. Okay, so that's that. Okay, any other question? Uh, any questions you guys have about seeking uh, confession before we go to the second point about um, spank appropriate areas? What if you have that kid who makes every excuse in the world? Yeah. In that case, I'll spank first, and then let's deal with those uh, things later. Some of the objections where you feel like, okay, they're just trying to uh, argue with it. Um, I think that's a fine distinction to be made. Uh, next one we'll talk about, too. I think uh, after spanking, it's also, that shouldn't be the end. There was actually follow-up discussion also as well. So I, I, the way I would do it is if they're really throwing everything, including the kitchen table and all that, is, okay, I'm going to spank you for now the added sin of, of uh, uh, you know, uh, whatever that is, right? And then later on, also follow-up discussion. Because also sometimes, I think with kids, they need to be broken first, and then they're much more receptive too also as well uh, with that, okay? Um, so let's go to second point. So the first point is what? Seek what? First point is what? Seek. We just covered it. Confession. Second one is what? The second is? Think appropriate areas. Yeah, Okay. Why do we, so in order to talk about spank appropriate area, the way I approach it is asking the first question is, why do we even spank in the first place? Up to this point, we've not, I know I kept on saying last month and this month about spanking, but you know there's some people that don't think spanking is godly or biblical, okay? Uh, I think I told you guys a story as a little kid growing up, right? Uh, in Almani, you know, in the Hispanic area, and you know, my parents are Asian. Um, my parents, or not my parents, my dad, spank me anywhere okay I remember one time at this Mexican restaurant a uh, Mexican um, grocery place you know I'm crying looking for sympathy I look over at like the Vietnamese parents they're not they don't even see it the Hispanic who <laughs> are like you know and I remember this one African-American neighbor that lady looked like uh-uh you ain't gonna get no pity for me right 
and the ones that usually do is some other ethnicity, okay? Fill in the blank from there, okay? So let's go to the second part. So why do we spank? Is it biblical to spank your child? And the answer should be yes, okay? So I think the best way to talk about spank appropriate is I want to first look at why do we spank, and then noticing the observation, where the scriptures, how does scripture say we spank, and then from there, why in light of this? We must spank appropriate area, okay? So first reason why we spank, reason number one is discipline is loving. Turn with me to Proverbs 13, verse 14, uh, 24. Proverbs 13, verse 24. Um, Edward, would you be able to read Proverbs 13, 24? And read with big boy voice when you get there. Yeah. So reason number one why we should spank is because disciplining is loving. Notice the first half of the verse. It talks that withholding discipline is not loving. Sometimes we say, oh, I shouldn't spank because I want to love my child. And then I want to convince the child that I love them. But scripture says that is actually not loving. But instead, the opposite is true. You hate your own Son or child, okay? Again, this is God's assessment in the long-term picture, okay? That doesn't mean you like them or care about their opinion. That's not what it's denying. But it's saying in terms of real, real biblical love is, it's more than just wanting uh, the other person to think highly of you, okay? Sometimes true love means also you have to tell the truth, even though they would be offended, right? That kind of thing, okay? We know that as Christian with the gospel, right? So here we see that. And the kind of discipline, notice that specifically mentioned it, what? Involves... Physical discipline, because what does it say? His what? Oh man, I didn't fill this in. His rod. Do you guys see that? So does all your versions say the word rod or some other thing? Staff or? Rod, okay. Anyone else say something else different? But no matter what, it's all instrument, okay? That's going to be a very profound point that we'll draw later on, okay? So here we see the opposite of that in, involves uh, a parent dis disciplining his uh, disciplining him diligently. Do you guys see that in this verse? Uh, and to do so according to this verse means the parent loves him. So don't miss that discipline is required, right? So reason number one why you're disciplined is discipline is loving, okay? Let's go to reason number two. What's reason number two? Discipline removes what? Bullishness, okay? Uh, for that, Nancy, would you be able to turn to Proverbs 20? Did I have you read already? Okay, Proverbs 22 verse 15. So reason number two why we discipline is Scripture said discipline removes foolishness, okay? Verse 15. Yeah, notice the first half of the verse, it shows that what a child naturally is like. Left to their own advice, left without the parent's guidance and discipline, it says what? Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, right? It's all wrapped up, okay? Uh, even though it might be packaged pretty cute, it's still wrapped up in what? Folly, okay? Foolishness, okay? So how do we remove that? The second half of the verse shows how to remove the foolishness in a child's heart. Notice it says, The rod of discipline will remove it far from him. Notice again how the word rod is mentioned, okay? Did we saw earlier the word rod is mentioned? Yeah, so for the second time, okay? So that's how you remove folly, and that involves what? Spanking, okay? That involves spanking, okay? Um, you guys all seen these verses before? Yes? All throughout your life, different times, okay? Um, uh, I think we all kind of know this, right? Even outside the Bible, right? I mean, have you guys ever met anyone 
where those kids are not disciplined at all. Yes. How are they? Are they a blessing to everyone else? They're tough to be around. Yeah. Think about maybe at a church youth group. Or maybe even a church a Sunday school. Or maybe even in VBS. Or maybe in a daycare center, right? Or maybe in public school, right? What do you do in those situations? Like, wow, that's pretty revealing, right? Uh, when they don't, the kid thinks everything revolves around them, okay? So to remove that uh, foolishness, discipline is required. So number three, reason number three I think all those two reasons is good. But reason number three to me is even if the scripture doesn't say any of those things, reason number three why we discipline is God commands it. Simply, if God does it, it tells us to do it, and it pleases God and He loves us, and we love Him, we should already do that, right? But then, of course, we see there's other benefit we've already seen. Reason one and two. So reason number three, let's turn to Proverbs 23, verse 13. Proverbs 23, verse 13. Margaret, would you be able to read that out loud? Mar- uh, I almost said Margaret 23. Proverbs 23, verse 13. Do not hold back discipline from the child. Although you strike him with a rod, he will not die. Okay, thank you so much. Okay. Now, this verse. <laughs> this is the best verse ever. Really? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think well, it's just so funny. Okay, yeah. Sorry. No, it's okay to laugh. <laughs> no, because it's like, don't worry, kid. You're not going to die. I'm just yeah. saving your soul from hell. by yeah. spanking you. It's just <laughs> true. Yeah. So notice the first half of the verse um, prohibits not disciplining, right? It says, do not hold back discipline from the child. For a parent not to discipline a child then is to sin against God and against the child, okay? I actually think not disciplining a child could be argued as a very passive form of child abuse, okay? A very passive, long-term, you know, again, it's not uh, uh, totally the same, but I think in some sense it can be um, seen as a passive child abuse, okay? Yeah, I think uh, I think yeah, the, I think the biggest thing is discipline. Uh, I would not say because some child, uh, each child is different how much they get spanked. So if there's other discipline that works too. Uh, by the way, when they're older, when they're teenage year, we're probably not going to be. You know what I mean? Like, hey, Hannah, pull your pants down. That would be kind of crazy talk, okay? Right? It's a little bit like, okay. Uh, so I think, yeah, the biggest thing is discipline is what I'm, I'm saying at all. Not, not so much spanking per se. Uh, with it. But at the same time, if, the, if, if there's never a time you spank at all, I think it's also fair to ask, hey, are you, are you really implementing those other disciplines too? Uh, so, and every child is different how much they get spanked, okay? It's not favoritism, it's just different things or their personality and some respond differently uh, I also see uh, spanking is almost one of those last resort thing it's not like the first response kind of thing uh, with that if your first thing is is that the first tool you want to do every time they do wrong is that I think you know you might also question about how are you guiding them teaching them ahead of time that kind of thing other proactive way also as well okay uh, good question though thank you for asking that for clarity okay uh, so what does discipline entail? Notice the second half of the verse mentioned again. You shall strike him with the what? Fill in the blank. Rod, okay. How many times did we see the word rod thus far? Third time, okay. Interesting, huh? Okay. Uh, so the second half of the verse also gives the exhortation not to do it in the wrong manner, okay? Now, let me say this clearly. Do not use this verse to say it's okay to child abuse, okay? This is saying you must discipline in a way. You still have to discipline them. But not in a way that you kill them, okay? This verse is not just, 
don't use this verse to say, oh, it's a proof text to okay to beat your child till they're dead or something uh, physical. This is not what it's saying. It's saying true discipline is not going to take a child's life away. So we need to spank in a way that's what? Non-life threatening or physical uh, long-term damage. Does that make sense? Uh, with that. So that's going to shape how we discipline, which is what we're, our second point is what? Uh, spanking appropriate places, okay? Let's go to reason number four why we spank is to save the child from death or hell, okay? Proverbs 23, verse 14. Victor, would you be able to read Proverbs 23, verse 14? You shall strike him with a rod and rescue his soul from Sheol. Yeah. So you see the first half of the verse is the command. You shall strike him with the what? Fill in the blank. You shall strike him with the rod. So this is how many times you see an instrument of rod mentioned in discipline? Number four, okay? Interesting, huh? Okay. So again, notice the use of the rod as an instrument of you know, discipline. And the second half of the verse gives us the reason. It says, and rescue his soul from Sheol. Okay. Sheol is used in the context as a place and faith that's undesired. It's not something you want for your kid. The word Sheol has more than one meaning, okay? You guys know in English, there's some words that have more than one. You know, every language, there's words that have more than one meaning, right? That's why you have invention of puns and all kinds of things like that. I think an example I always give, when I deal with atheists and evangelism, I always give the example because sometimes people say, oh, there's a Bible contradiction. How come this word is more than one meaning? Well, English word, we have more than one meaning, right? If I were to sit down at church after church and I ask, you know, two members of our church. Hey, Eric and Jin, could you both drive in your car and pick me up Whoppers? One drive to Burger King and buy what? A burger. Oh, burger call Whopper. The other one drive to 7-Eleven because why? Chocolate Whoppers. He's going to get me chocolate malt Whoppers, right? They come back and say, oh, okay, well, notice it's, right? And then I'll say, oh, you guys, you know, what did you guys do? You guys just made a big Whopper, which is the third meaning, which is what? A mistake, okay? So notice there's more than one meaning, okay, with the word whopper. Same thing, when you see the word Sheol, one meaning is also um, death or grave, okay? And in this sense, why you want to discipline your child, you spank them, is so that they don't, what, live a lifestyle that's sinful, that means a shorter lifestyle. Does that make sense? Because of their sin with catching up to with their life. Does that make sense? The other thing is also more deeper, is this word could also mean afterlife, where you're separated from God, okay? In this sense, discipline of a child by spanking has a benefit of the child not separated from God for all eternity. Okay, It's going to be tied to next month. We're going to talk about that even when you spank or you discipline, there must be in the end a sharing of the gospel. Okay, Every opportunity you're spanking is the opportunity to share the gospel. This is where you have to understand that spanking them cannot be something you're just mad with a child. It requires discipline for you to go all the way through, including showing love in the end affection and also what um, this is where self-control the, the, the last month is the foundation for what we're doing with the mechanics here okay so let's go to uh, reason number five discipline also gives wisdom okay let's turn to Proverbs 29 verse 15 uh, Wendy would you be able to read Proverbs 29 verse 15 Yeah, this is actually very similar. It's almost like the opposite side of the coin, right? A coin has heads and what? Tail, right? If discipline uh, removes folly, the other side of the coin is discipline gives us wisdom. Do you see that in the first half? The first half of the verse mentioned rod again, right? How many times is rod mentioned? Five. All the verses we're looking for reason to discipline your child, all mention the word rod, okay? So when you look here, 
uh, it says that this is you give the child wisdom. They're actually learning what is right and wrong, and also they're learning that there are consequences to what, to their action. Does that make sense? There's consequences there. That's something very important to know for the child for all of their life. That whatever they do, you're tra- it's training wheel for them to know there's consequences. Okay. Notice also this has the extra benefit of not shaming a mother's child, okay? In the long run, if a child understands consequences, hopefully that means they pick the right choice and also wouldn't bring shame upon you as a parent, okay? So I want to make this observation. If you notice all the verses we've looked at, every time uh, in Proverbs, every time when it talks about a child disciplining, spanking a child, it always involves an instrument. And what's that instrument called? Rod, okay? Again, I'm just making this observation. Every, all those five, every time there's discipline involving children in terms of spanking, it always involves an object. Now, I think for us, in our sensibility, we think, wait, with Rod, what happens if it's too, what happens if it hurts the child, right? Anyone ever thought of that before? I remember the first time reading the Bible, okay? So I think this means that, therefore, why I'm establishing the second point is you cannot use a rod for every part of the child. You cannot use them on their face. You cannot use it on their... I don't know, many other parts. So there's one appropriate place, and that is called the? Gluteus Maximus, the fancy name, yes? Or their bottom, okay? Their bottom, okay? Um, so how we discipline with child with rod, that means the rod must be used at a spot where the child's body is safe. And the most appropriate place to spank a child is on the bottom. Okay? Let me say this again. It's interesting to note the observation. Every time child discipline is mentioned, it, in Proverbs, it's always mentioning a rod in terms of spanking, right? There's always an object used. It's not with your hands, okay? So now let's talk about application, okay? Let's talk about application. Uh, when you spank, there should only be one spot that God has designed uh, to be spanked. And where's that? I think if you look at intelligent design, the part that's argued is your, the kid's bottom, okay? Right? There's a lot of extra what? Christian, right? And where did, where did uh, bacon come from? What part of the... the belly. Bacon? The belly? Oh, the bottom. Okay. okay, so, or ham. Where does ham come from? Oh, okay. Okay, anyways, let's go back. I can't use that as an analogy, okay? Okay, so, with that, you got to go with what? Uh, go, make sure you spank the bottom, okay? Uh, consider using sometimes... Um, uh, I would actually really encourage you... I, I, um, I actually, from... Preparing for this, I actually changed uh, a few months ago, or a few weeks ago, or whatever. Yeah, a few months now, actually. Um, in terms of sp- uh, spanking, uh, I actually do not spank with my hand anymore with my cu- kids because of the use of the scripture of mentioning rod. So what do we, Rebecca, Abigail, Hannah, when I spank you guys, what do I use? A wooden spoon, okay? Uh, but that means you have to spank them where? I'm not spanking them on their neck. On their little toes, on where only? Because you don't want to make permanent damage. You spank them. Where did I spank you, girls? Go back up again. Is this embarrassing? On their bottom. Yeah, on your bottom, like you got them. Okay. So this is where we spank them. Okay, with a wooden spoon. Okay. So our family uses a wooden spoon. I know Andrew in his training, family training. He always, after doing parents training seminars, he always gives them like a nice little, um, as a gift, a little paddle or a little like a stick thing, uh, like a little like. Uh, plastic thing and then it has a Bible verse for us. So that's like their graduation certificate or whatever. Okay? Uh, we're not there yet. We, we, I, I kind of want to do something like that when we do the parent training seminar for our, our, our uh, English and Chinese 
outside of the church, okay? Um, but also don't spank in a manner that endangered a child long-term physical harm, okay? Remember Proverbs 23, verse 13, right? The part, although you strike him with the rod, he will not die. You want to strike him in a way that it's not, you're, you're not trying to what? Take their life, okay? This is not your enemy, okay? By the way, a few spanks will do, okay? Uh, I'd rather have them, what, strong, few spanks, than what? A whole bunch of spanks. That the, the, the ability to lose self-control is very high with what? Numbers. You guys need to realize that, okay? So I actually think one strong, one shot, one kill. Okay, not one kill. I know in the Marine culture, it's just one strong, but firm, but not like life in danger. Also, I think it's important to, uh, especially if you have a new device, just say you have a new spoon, like, oh, you know what? Oh, I just bought a new spoon, right? Or you go to retreat, there's no spoon, you forgot to bring your, what? Your motivation incentive spoon, right? Then what do you do? Uh, I, yeah. By the way, when I usually discipline, you know we live in a crazy world, and I say I spank you, I think sometimes the, I, don't want to, I don't want somebody to report me, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, in the news, like, pastor, you know, so-and-so, had a child taken away, right? So you know what I often do when I tell the girls I need a discipline? Sometimes there's not a t- right time, right? So what do I normally say? Hey, girls, do you guys want what? To go to the bathroom. Bathroom? Okay, that's a good one. Okay. What do I normally say? M word. <laughs> what do I normally say, uh, Hannah? Abigail? Motivation, right? We say, do you want motivation, okay? I know uh, Mrs. Burton always thought, think it's so funny. She says, man, when they grow up, when they go to, finally to public school, when they hear someone says, oh, we're going to have a motivational speech, you're going to go, no! <laughs> right? With that, okay. <laughs> okay? Okay? So don't spank in a uh, manner. So if there's something new, let's just say you have a new spoon or new... Um, whatever device you use, I think it's always good to apply to yourself first. Does that make sense? Okay. Uh, never use something that you, never do something you never would do to yourself. Okay. So I always make it a point with my kids. It's like, hey, you know, did did Dad get spanked as a little kid? Actually, did Dad had it worse? Yeah, you know, like you know, like every time I go to church, I still get like. Once in a while, I almost had that flashback of the Fisher Price chair. Do we still have that? Yes. That yes. metal chair. Like the craziest story. Is uh, yeah, my dad beat me till that metal got bent, and that's like a strong thing. But I actually, if you ask me, I deserve it. Would I, would I ever do that? My girls, no. But if you ask me, do I deserve it? Yeah, I was such a rebellious kid. I need that. It was so bad that my mom called all my relatives, they didn't call it, you know, authorities, that kind of thing. They all my, uh, in the middle of 10 o'clock, they all came to try to gently say, my dad was a little more ghetto back then. You know, he used to be the guys that people actually get scared. And they, now he's like this friendly old guy in a Chinese congregation. He's just, know, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We used to have block wars, you know, so, you know, so, you know, like we used to have block wars. And my, when my dad come out and say, Jimmy, like every parent and everyone actually stop. And then, then I get beat. And then they say, oh, you know, uh, your, dad, your son didn't do anything. Oh, okay, 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 carry on, carry on. Look, Jimmy, go back home, okay? So let's go back on. Okay. So you never apply anything that you don't. By the way, I'm not saying if you're abused, you should abuse them. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not abused, okay? I, I needed that tough luck. But let's go back on with that. Well, my very unique case, okay? So make sure you apply, okay? So that you never, ever apply something you do not, right? By the way, in the military, uh, those people that shoot um, tear gas... Do you think they've ever been tear gassed? Yeah. Everyone that has to use uh, riot gear has to be qualified first. So you get tear gas, you get gas, what do you call it, the whole gas mask thing, you get uh, pepper spray, all of that, okay? So you know what it's like, okay? Uh, so you're not be unusually uh, cruel, okay? So make sure you test the force uh, on yourself force first, okay? No, no. Okay? No, So make sure it stings, but it's not brutal, okay? 
Um, so let's go to the third part, okay? If the second part, uh, the third part is what? Okay. What is point number three? Okay, uh, what is the third S for today? Our final part is what? Seek brokenness, okay? By the way, the, the point of spanking is for an N, okay? The point of spanking, that's not in it, the end of itself. The point of that is, off, is in the end, is to have them seek what? Brokenness. In terms of realizing, not physical brokenness, but what I'm trying to get towards is they have a proper response to their sin, okay? Turn with me to Psalm 51 verse 17. Psalm 51 verse 17. And could I have, let's go back to Nancy. Could you read Psalm 51 verse 17? Psalm 51, verse 17. And context Psalm 51 is talking about what? Sin. What do we do with our sin? How could we be made right with God? And here it says what? We need to have a broken what? Spirit. Do you see the language of brokenness? There's three different uh, terms that show brokenness as our response. What that's going for is humility, right? Uh, realizing, admitting we are wrong, okay? Do you see the word broken spirit? That's one term. But it's not just only once, it's saying broken. What's the other word that's broken mentioned here? What's the other word that's broken that's mentioned here? A contrite heart and a broken heart. Okay, you guys see that? All these three terms, okay? The second line in this verse states this is something that God will not despise, okay? It's something that God approves, okay? He would never despise... Sometimes we think, oh, I have so much sin, God would never accept uh, me. But that verse that says it's not true. If you have a broken spirit, every time God will not despise that. Does that make sense? So we want to be able to what? Have a broken spirit with our sin. Look with me also as well. Turn with me to Psalm 34. And then if I could have uh, Eric read, I mean, what am I saying? Edward read Psalm uh, 34 verse 18. Yeah, notice uh, there's two terms of uh, to describe brokenness, right? Number one is broken hearted. What's the second one? Is crushed in what? Spirit, okay? Uh, and by the way, I think sometimes, this is my view, is we need to, we need to, both as a church, as pastors, as preachers, as church members, and even as parents, we do need to seek brokenness. Because sometimes we live in a day where we have so much talk show, so much pop psychology, where we think any sense of guilt is wrong. But you know, I always feel like if you tell people it's okay, it's no big deal, you're not guilty, but then they don't have their guilt dealt with properly, that guilt is still objective. That guilt isn't fully gone. You're treating the symptom instead of the root problem, which is you first need to admit your guilt. So the right heart is broken heart. Only then would you then be able to be what? Healed. Does that make sense? Okay. So here we see that God will draw near those who what? Who have a brokenness of over their sin. We also see God save those who are broken over sin, okay, as this version. So as application, uh, I think after, uh, after you spank your child, with a child, what are some reactions when a child gets spanked? Cry. Cry, what else? Angry. 
Hungry? Angry. Oh, angry. Okay, I thought you said hungry. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they want more. Oh my. Okay. Okay. So there's different responses. So I think uh, so. There's thank them for me. I allow crying, but there's two different kinds of crying. If it's crying because it hurts, is that allowed? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you don't go and say man up that kind of nonsense. Okay. Hey, it's okay. You you do allow that. Okay. If they're crying because they're like oh they realize they're wrong, is that a good response? That you should allow, yeah, you shouldn't say, hey, don't have tears at all, okay? If, if they have sadness over what they've done wrong, is that a, a response that you say don't do or you just let, allow that? Yeah, you allow them to express that, okay? But after you spank your child, I think there's you, what you do not uh, tolerate is rebelliousness, okay? Um, no, so know the symptom of rebelliousness that should not be tolerated. For instance, what is mentioned? Anger, right? Um, if you're spanking them, that means they did not see what they've done wrong. They see you're doing wrong to them, okay? And then I also think it's important to see different kinds of crying. If they're crying angrily, or they're like, uh, uh, like that, right? Is that a broken-hearted crying? No, okay. Uh, screams, right? They're screaming even louder, okay? Or shaking of fists, rolling of eyes, or attitude, and hopefully not, I didn't list this, hopefully not trying to fight you back, okay? Those are all symptoms of what? Rebelliousness, okay? And I actually think that warrants what? More spanking. But I don't spank right away. I go through the routine again, the whole thing. So just so that I don't go out of control, right? There's a pause between the action. You explain to them, right? You're using words to engage them, right? Committing verbal judo, as some people like to call it, right? So that you want to really get to the point that they see what they've done wrong. And then you spank. So it's very, very clear uh, why, okay? So it's not like, okay, uh, you're angry, okay? So you're also reinforcing what? The point that you're spanked for the sin. It's not, you're just frustrated with the first sin. You want to spank for the second sin with the explanation that's clear and that they see what they've done wrong, okay? Uh, with that, okay? Uh, so pray that the child would experience genuine brokenness over sin and need for God's grace. And by the way, I think you should be praying for that even throughout, silently. You might not say anything. You know, uh, next month we'll talk about the role of prayer. You end with prayer. But I'm saying that there's a place for you to always, just like Jonah, in the middle of a difficult situation. I'm sure when he's going down the water, he didn't do a formulaic prayer. He's just crying out to God, right? As we see in Job chapter, I mean, uh, Jonah chapter 2. So the same way, I think even if you're doing it, pray to God that the child who experienced genuine brokenness over sin and the need for God's grace, okay? I think if there's one verse that's really good to talk to your kid about here, um, after they're crying and all that, is also to, you know, with using your soft voice, okay? Uh, I know I say this many times. I think a pastor has two kinds of voice. A preaching voice, which is a little bit, what, loud? And what? A counseling voice. Uh, one-on-one, I don't think I need to be... It would be kind of weird if I go to someone that's wrong, first time I'm confronting them, and I'm speaking the same way I'm preaching, right? Hey, you know, brother so-and-so, you're wrong. That will be kind of like, whoa. So I normally whisper, speak softer, leaning in, that kind of thing, okay? So in the same way, uh, this is a good verse to talk to your kids about, okay? Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 7.10. Uh, 2 Corinthians 7.10, um, uh, who do we left off with me last? Uh, Victor, could you read 2 Corinthians 7.10? For the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces a repentance without regret, leading to salvation, but the sorrow of the will produces death. Yeah, so teach him also as well an opportunity to say, hey, you know, there's two kinds of sadness. One is just, oh, I'm sorry I got caught. 
And one is a godly sorrow that leads to what? Genuine repentance, okay? Which leads to life, okay? Um, but the other one eventually leads to death spiritually and, uh, yeah, even other things beyond physical and, and beyond also as well, okay? Uh, with that, okay? Uh, so, uh, pray, uh, pray that the child will experience that and talk to him about it, okay? And of course, in all things, you want to drive them to what? What kind of sorrow do you want? Godly sorrow or worldly sorrow? Godly sorrow. Because why? That not only will bring change, but also will bring about eternal life. And it's not because of the virtue of our repentance why we get saved. It's because of Christ, okay? We just turn. Yes, realize even the Bible says we have to have faith. It's, it's not faith is somehow a merit, right? That it's a way we actually... It's almost like if, if you were to be in the middle of a river, let's just say LA River, somehow you jumped in and the flood is taking you away. And then someone throw a life preserver at you, right? And you're holding on. When you go up there, do you, do you say, hey guys, did you see how strong I am holding that on? Or it was someone else trying to hold you on, save your life. Does that make sense? You would be, you'd be thankful that someone saved you through a saving device. So same thing, there's not merit, but then the grace is always what? Christ is the one who came and he died for our sins. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, so this is why we discipline. And next month we'll talk about even more about grace and sharing the gospel even more. Okay.